This is episode 17 of the Nesbipreneur Podcast, produced by Stem Media. Here we go. You're listening to the Nesbipreneur Podcast, where we share information and inspiration to help make your dream become a reality. Do you have a big idea? Looking to take your business to the next level? Then look no further. You have come to the right place. And now, here's your host, Nehemiah Mabry. What's going on, y'all? You've joined us once again here on the Nesbipreneur Podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen in. I am your host, Dr. Nehemiah Mabry. And as you already know, I intend to inspire. And I am joined by Mr. Melrick H. Mitchell. Mel, how are you feeling today? I'm doing well. I'm doing good. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you for awesome. having me. No doubt. Melrick Mitchell believes we all have both the power and the obligation to influence the world for the better. In 2009, Mel founded Drive Influence to serve current executives as well as their rising talent teams and organizations in a wide range of industries, including startups, NGOs, governments, and corporations to accelerate performance through applying his kinetic philosophies. Before launching Drive Influence, Mel worked for 10 years at Microsoft, where he created, implemented, and managed Microsoft IT's Accelerated Professional Experiences Program, or APEX for short, which is a two-year global rotational program for new college hires. Mel is passionate about serving his community by volunteering and has served on several nonprofit boards in Dallas, Seattle, Tucson, and Las Vegas. And recently in 2014-2015, he served as the National Professionals Chair of the National Society of Black Engineers, your very own Nesby. And Mel, of course, that is our uh, point of connection there, uh, Nesby. And I can just say, man, I'm, I'm so excited to have you on the show. So excited for the audience to hear more about what you do. Yeah, same here, same here. Like yeah. I said earlier, I'm happy to be on the show. It's always good. Uh, just like interacting with our Nesby members, you know, any way I can help. Right, right. And so, yeah, one of the things we do is kind of just break this idea that, you know, they heard all your bio and they heard, you know, the great things that you've done. We try to just kind of start off with something random, a, a random fun fact about yourself that will kind of uh, just remind our listeners that you are, you know, just a down to earth individual. Anything like that you can share? Uh, I guess random item. And uh, one thing that I like to do, we we're talking about it, you know, before the call, uh, actually like uh, run Spartan races. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, so if you're not familiar with Spartan, so take like a 5k, 10k, 15 mile race, throw it in the woods with about 20, <laughs> 25 obstacles. Uh, it can range from carrying back sandbags, buckets of gravel, going through mud. Oh man. <laughs> and all of the above, you know, and, and I do it for fun. I like it. Wow. Wow. Uh-huh. Now, now, does it change from race to race? I've heard of Spartan races. I told you before, but like, does it change uh, the obstacles? Or is it kind of, you never know what's yeah. coming. Is it like that? So, like Spartan, they never publish what their the course is going to look like. You don't know exactly the route. Mm-hmm. They'll do something similar time over time, but they always throw something new in there. Okay. Um, and so you so you had to just keep training multiple different ways. Uh, and, and what I find about it is, 
yes, it's a physical race, but it's mm-hmm. also very mental, just from the aspect okay. of saying, you know what, I can push through this. Yeah. Uh, a couple of years ago, it was we had had an ice storm here in Dallas, and the next week we had the, the Spartan race. And so since it was so cold, you know, it was still like in the 30s with ice on the ground. Mm-hmm. Uh, you couldn't do as many water exercises, right, or events. Mm-hmm. You still mm-hmm. had a couple. So versus it being a 10 to 12 mile race, they just increased the length of the race to like 14.8 miles. You got to be kidding me. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and you're not just like running, like you said. You're doing all these different things. Yeah. So at the end of it, as you told me, you'll know. You'll know when you're, you've ran a sprint yeah. race. Uh, you'll you'll know you'll feel it yeah yeah i can only imagine and and one of these days i'm gonna find myself out there but until then i will uh continue Mm -hmm. to just run my regular 5ks (laughs) yeah but uh yeah man uh, listeners as you can see mel uh believes in physical fitness and as we're about to see you know there's there's fitness in other areas including mental that he's an expert in and so we want to know first off uh, your educational background, Mel, like where did you study? What did you major in? And kind of give us kind of that initiation into your career as it relates to your education. Okay. So um, uh, I grew up here in the Dallas area. So I went to high school and so forth in Dallas. Uh, uh-huh. And then after graduating from high school, I went to Louisiana Tech University. Uh, and so I had a couple different majors, but the last major I uh, stayed in was electrical engineering technology. So I got, okay. uh, I got my bachelor's degree in that. Uh, also, while there, I was on had multiple positions on the NESME, uh undergrad board. So mm-hmm. I think my highest role there was uh, vice chair, vice president. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I graduated from Louisiana Tech, I moved to Las Vegas to work uh, for a company there for uh, a company that eventually became Vector Nevada, but also went to grad school at night and uh, received my master's degree in electrical engineering. Wow. And, and so in addition to that, I've always taken taken – um, you know, workshops and additional training. So, uh, you know, year, uh, years ago I took the uh, UCLA, they had the African-American uh, Leadership Institute, which is a week-long series of training. So I took that. Uh, mm-hmm. Also uh, some executive training from the Ross School of Business at the uh, University of Michigan and uh, a certification course through John Maxwell's organization also. Okay. So it seems like you have a a, a nice blended uh, educational background between technical and then as well as managerial or leadership. Um, just listening yes. to you shared all that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So is that kind of, um, I guess, how you were viewed or how you view yourself when you look at yourself extracurricularly, you know, going through school? Were you always like finding yourself in leadership positions? Did you kind of seek those things out or how does that leadership aspect kind of begin to sprout in you? So, so one thing that I've always been able to do is to get a group of people together to mm-hmm. go do something, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think it was just because I could get along with all different types of folks. So growing up and, you know, in high school, I can hang out with the jocks, the nerds, people that <laughs> might beat up the nerds, you know, a little bit of everybody. It didn't matter. Right, right. I could get along with, with you and we go do something. Yeah. Um, and so I think the same thing happened, you know, within this, we, and it just kept, my skills kept getting honed and developed. Um, but then while I was uh, like a senior, then I started reading like leadership related books. Mm-hmm. And then when I got out of school, you know, I just kept reading those books at the same time. Um, but it's, it's kind of, that's kind of how it just came about. Um, mm-hmm. but, but I would say that the biggest thing when it came to career wise 
and this has always led, it's led all the way up into what I'm doing today, is it was the extra that mattered the most. Yeah. You know, being that this is an entrepreneurship-based um, podcast, you know, the difference between a, a regular professional that's really, really good at their job and an entrepreneur is that the entrepreneur has to do the extra. You know, mm-hmm. you can't just focus on the technical tasks. You have to, as you mentioned, uh, learn how to interact with people. You have to learn how to uh, see things through to completion beyond what may be, you know, the area that you're just personally fond of. And so, yes. man, I see how that background kind of prepared you for what you do now as a as an owner of your own company. And so what would you like to say is kind of that uh turning point for you or was that turning point for you when you began to go from a person who was doing extra while working at Microsoft to a person that says, you know what, I'm going to do this extra and kind of roll this into my own uh, company, Drive Influence as an entrepreneur. I'll I'll give you a couple parts and I'll also touch upon how that extra came into play from going from being an engineer to talent development and then on to entrepreneurship. Yeah, sure, sure. Okay. So uh, while at Microsoft, I, used, uh, I was an IT program manager, system analyst, those types of roles. Uh, so I'm loaned as to the United Way to uh, as a loan executive to help raise money for the giving campaign. So it's something that we that Microsoft did every year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and while in that position, I had given a presentation to about to the IT organization and about 600 some odd people in the room on giving and why and all those good things. I uh, got pinged mm-hmm. by an HR person. They said, hey, we liked your presentation. I uh, want to hear more about the program you're in, and I want to hear, let's talk about your career aspirations. I said, okay, cool. And so when I went and met with that HR person, with Michael, um, I had already volunteered in other ways to work in diversity, recruiting, and you know various aspects within Microsoft IT. So I had additional background to what was going on. I said, hey, you know, one of the big problems we have is we hire leaders, but we don't grow them. Mm-hmm. I said, but we can grow them by if we create a rotation program, blah, 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 and all these things. He's like, yeah, I like your idea. Uh, so after the meeting, I sent him an email, followed up with an email, and with a couple of ideas in which I saw that we could develop folks or leaders within the company, within IT. Mm-hmm. He sent it to the CIO, Stuart Scott. Stuart sent it to Chris Hernandez, the HR director for MSIT. Chris said, hey, we like the idea. Let's, let's talk about it. And do you want to run the program? <laughs> so I went, from being, I went from being an individual contributor to now to, I said, yes, I want to do this job, to running uh-huh. a program, multi-million dollar program. Was that your plan, though? Like, no. No, it just kind of happened. From, it wasn't from, my plan. That was God's plan. I hear you. I hear you. Not, I hear you. not, not mine. I, you know, I, I was. I was contemplating doing different roles, you know, after uh-huh. the rotation, pro- or at the, after being on loan to United Way, but I did not know that that would, would come out. Okay. Um, and so when I, uh, you know, I followed back up with Chris, when I met with him, then I flushed out my idea a little bit more. I said, hey, this is what I kind of think it would look like. It was like a three, three-page slide deck, mm-hmm. right? He said, okay, cool. Go talk with two more folks. And I added about like three, four more slides to it based upon research that I had done. I was talking to folks like a buddy of mine, Dwayne Allen, who was working for my, uh, Raytheon. Um, and, you know, he had gone through a rotation program there. And I talked with some other folks within the company. I included all that information, and I pitched my idea to people on his team, on Chris's team. And I came back and said, hey, what's the deal? He says, hey, I like you. You like me. Let's go ahead and just let's do this. Let's yeah. create this program. And so it was, it was very entrepreneurial because I started at zero. 
Yeah. Right. I had, we didn't have anybody in the program. Mm-hmm. So uh, the CIO was like, hey, we, I want this up and going by July. And it was February. Mm-hmm. Right. We hadn't recruited anybody, hadn't done any of that. I said, okay, we're going to make this happen. So I started working, putting structure to it, all those types of things, recruiting people. And we started with 10 people in the U.S. and 10 people in India. I had to hire somebody in India to run that part for me to help with recruiting. And I flew out there and, you mm-hmm. know, then we brought them all back in July. And, and, and so over the years, so while I was running it, I was also running the, the, uh, the high potential program, the hypo program mm-hmm. and, uh, uh, the senior leader program. And so how we develop senior leaders, uh, in IT and how we also de- identify them. Cause a lot of this, you know, as I was going through, I was like, dang, don't nobody tell us about this. Mm-hmm. You know, when you go to college, you hear about how to be an engineer, but you don't hear, you don't learn about how to excel and being an engineer. Mm-hmm. It's a big difference there, right? Right. And so, um, and so I was running the program. And after about like two years in, I was, I was like, "Yo, I could do this. I could go do this for somebody else." Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I was, I was saying with these consultants were charging. I was like, "Oh yeah, yeah. I can do what he's doing. Right. <laughs> he ain't that much smarter than me, right?" Right. Right. And so, so I told Chris, my, my manager, I was like, "Hey, this is what I want to do. Go do. I want to go start my own company doing this." And he's like, "When?" I said, "Now." He's like, what, mm-hmm. in two years? I was like, no, I'm going to do it now. He's like, no, what, in two years? I said, no, now. He said, no, two years. I said, okay. So I stayed there a little bit longer, right, mm-hmm. which was good because I was able to hone my craft more, do additional things. Um, got a chance to participate in different programs across the company. And then when it was time to leave, it was time. Yeah. So, uh, uh, so I had no regrets when I left Microsoft, and so um, – and actually, I ended up doing some workshops for them for a couple of years. Um, and so all the companies that I had worked for in the past, I had always stayed in contact with folks there. And so uh, the, the person that hired me directly out of college, I said, AC, this is what I'm doing. I just, he said, oh, well, we just started a rotation program. But, you know, I listened to what they were doing. I was like, oh, y'all just moving people around. I can help you add some structure to this. You know, you, your story sounds a lot like uh, another interview we did with Sandra Jones back in episode four, where she okay. was doing basically some some things inside of her company that she was working with that she saw people doing as consultants. And the light bulb went off similar to your story, where it's like, man, I could do this. You know, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm essentially doing what they're doing inside the company. And I'm even doing it, you know, on a higher level, I believe, or, or more efficiently. Then they are yeah. doing it. And so why don't I take advantage of what I've learned inside of this company and now use this to leverage my opportunities and, and my network to start mm-hmm. uh, pursuing entrepreneurially. And so, you, and so that's what you did. You said you kept your contacts and you began to reach out to them. Yeah. 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 Uh, pretty much all the major companies I've worked for, mm-hmm. I've done work again for them. And then also <laughs> within NSB, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, done work for folks that I've met through NSB. You know, I might meet a company on the career floor, and mm-hmm. they fit my demographics, and I fit theirs, uh, based upon the size and the structure and their needs. And I'm doing some work for business that sell things. Very simple. You make these widgets. And this is the price. You pay for it, and you make the money on the margins of how much it costs to make versus how much you sell it. Right? Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe just public speaking right. is straightforward too. People pay for this. You go and give an hour talk or a thirty minute talk or whatever the case may be. But in your in your in your uh, industry, you know, where you're coming in and you're actually, actually like implementing and managing and running programs for companies, how exactly does the business model work? Like what do people actually pay for 
quantitatively and then qualitatively, how do you um, kind of show value as opposed to just people saying, oh, man, that was great. You know, how, how do you can you just break it down to the nuts and bolts of the business model or something like that? So, so from a business model. Uh, so what, what I see that I do, one of the key services, right? So like you mm-hmm. called it out at the beginning, I believe we all have the power to change the world and it's mm-hmm. our obligation mm-hmm. to do so. My goal is to help companies and individuals and teams do just okay. that. I'm still an engineer. I help them solve problems by aligning programs that help them to maximize the talent okay. in which they have. Mm-hmm. Right? Because look, I'm just using a different mm-hmm. subset of tools. Because engineering teaches you how to solve a complex mm-hmm. problem, right? And business challenges are complex. It's just, like I say, different variables in there. And so with some of my clients, I might be okay. doing coaching. And what I, I found that they'll come back to me if I help them win. And I tell them, I said, my goal is to help you win. But I'm not, if you don't think I'm helping you win, you go ahead, you know, we don't need to do this no more. For example, a lot of times, you, you, we've, probably, we've probably been on a team to where all of you know each other, but mm-hmm. you don't know each other, right? And with that, if you don't know each other well, you can't handle conflict. If you can't handle conflict, you can't really push for results. Why? Because you don't have a foundation of trust. Gotcha. Trust and knowledge and understanding of yeah. each other, right? But if you can handle those conflicts, you can push for a better solution. So I help teams be better teams so they can push for solutions. And I also teach them how to solve mm-hmm. problems as a team. It's because we're oftentimes lulled into the fact of thinking like, oh, I had to solve it mm-hmm. all by myself. That's not the case. If you can leverage all the minds that's in the room, you can come up to far greater and better solution. And that's some of the things I'm able to do. Yeah, yeah. And, and I see that, you know, um, it can be offered in the form of coaching, as you said. And do you do like kind of like – a series of workshops sometimes with clients? Is that kind of how it works? It's, yeah. Got you. Correct. So, so, so I'll do three, I kind of break it into three categories. Okay. There's a coaching aspect. There's the off-sites okay. or okay. seminars, workshop series, and, and they're all mm-hmm. tied together, right? And then there's also the internal program design. So like, for example, so when I helped one company redesign their rotation program, then I also did the workshops for them and the coaching for those people that are in the program, right? So I did it, you know, all three major aspects for them. Um, and for some, it might just be doing all sites. And for others, it might just be coaching. Or it could be different things mm-hmm. at different times. Uh, so one of the main things that, that I always believe in, in everything that I do, every workshop, every coaching session, every seminar, uh, every all site, all of those is that when you leave, you need to be able to go mm-hmm. do something. I don't believe in, you know, I consider myself a motivational mm-hmm. teacher, not a motivational speaker, mm-hmm. right? And, and we've seen motivational speakers, right? You get all excited, you're pumped, excited, ready to go do something, and then the euphoria kind of dies away, and you think, Dang, what, what, what the <laughs> heck was I excited about? Yeah. Right. I know I was excited. I was pumped yeah. up. Oh, boy, you got me yeah. hyped. But what am, I, what am I supposed to do now? <laughs> right. My goal is to... You already have that. If you're, if you're, if we're talking, yeah. you already have that spark. So I want to help with that, ignite that spark mm-hmm. to make it brighter. But I also want to give you the tools to process. So when you leave my room, I can, this conversation, you right. can go do right. something right. tomorrow. So if you're going in, so like for example, last week I was talking with some folks, and she's like, "Hey, I got to go in. 
uh, we need to have a discussion about people. I said, okay, let's dive into that. And so we broke it all the way down to what are key and core things that she needs to have when that conversation is over because that's going to be her, her mm-hmm. success factors. So when she got off the call with me, she's like, oh, yeah, I'm ready for this, for this conversation tomorrow, and it can be fruitful versus showing up at a meeting and you kind of like doing some things off the top of your head or you hadn't gone to that right. next level down or ask that harder question gotcha. that's required. Gotcha. So, so what I love about, you know, your story, man, first of all, is that you took advantage of the opportunity to learn before you made the leap. So you were managing these programs, you were developing these programs, and you were essentially uh, an entrepreneur inside of a company, an entrepreneur, as some people say it. And so you didn't just start from scratch from the moment you make the leap, you made the leap, but you were able to take with you the 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 advantages that you had while you were inside the corporate structure and and that's something I, I hope our audience hears and people that are listening you know you have a dream and a goal to start something maybe it's very similar to what you're doing now but don't let the time where you're now working and you have you know the salary and you have the the contacts and the network go to waste mm-hmm. by not gleaning and, and and studying and really making the most of your opportunities now because that turned into your springboard. So that that's fantastic. But another thing, and maybe you can correct me if I'm yeah. wrong, this type of business seems to kind of be uh, uh, perpetuating or perpetual. And what I mean by that is that, you know, you, you had this experience, and so you went out and started your own company. You began to apply the experience that you had. But as you did more, you began to identify and learn new things that worked within the industry that you then applied into your business. But not only that, the success and the impact that you were making then went to further develop your business by word of mouth and those who were actually seeing results in what you were providing for them. Did you kind of see that kind of growth take place? Yes, yes. And and one of the things that, that I've learned and approaches that I, that I do is, so being an entrepreneur, you, you, you go through a lot of feasts and famines, right? Whole lot of work, yeah. drive yeah. period. Whole lot of work, mm-hmm. and drive period, right? And, and so there are two things that, that I... Well, if one thing I recommend folks do before they even start their company, while they're still mm-hmm. at their main company, is save a lot of money. Save as much money as possible. Reason for that is, so therefore, when you get out there and you hit a slower period, you have some money, right? You're not making mm-hmm. broke people decisions. <laughs> and also, when you're making broke people decisions, it might force you to go into business or do something with someone that gotcha. you shouldn't, mm-hmm. Right. Right, and the, the the other thing that I now do, and I and I've been doing it the whole time, and so when I'm on a project, I can be fully mm-hmm. on the project, right? Be be present. But in between, I treat it just like an athlete treats their off season. Gotcha. That's when I got to get stronger. I'm reading books. I'm doing online things, and you know, I'm practicing it. You have to maximize those time periods. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I like that because and I know this, you know, from, from the things that I've been doing, sometimes you can get so caught up in the day to day that a slow period in business yeah. can actually be a blessing in the skies because then you can kind of step back and see where you have been operating on on very low efficiency and strengthen some of the areas that, you know, mm-hmm. up to that point, you didn't have time to pay attention to. And so I like what you're saying. Treat it like an off season, like an athlete goes into the gym and does the weight training and begins to do the things yeah. that they couldn't really do during the season. But now during this off season, they can pay attention to it so that when the, the games or the business picks back up, um, you'll be coming back even stronger than you were prior to it. So 
I like that advice, man. And and, and coming mm-hmm. into kind of a final portion of our interview, I, I I would like to get a little bit more. We're gonna to try to get as much of these nuggets out of you as we can while we have you, Mel. Um, but what what is another? I guess you would say personal uh, lesson or challenge that you may not have expected prior to starting your own company that you came up against and you're like, whoa, but it ended up being a lesson for you. Is there anything like that? Well, I guess, I guess a couple of different things. One, one, yes, remain and be faithful. Right. Uh, and I have a strong belief. I'm a strong Christian, I would say. And so, and I believe I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. So he looks out for me, right. The entire time. So, so therefore I'm not worried about a lot of other things because I know I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And I think that's key, right? When you're not on the right path, you're, you're fine. Not saying that it's easy. It's not easy by any means, right? You know, I mean, just like when you when you look at the Hebrews, they just, God just say, all right, you can go from Egypt over here. No, you still got to walk, right? You still got to put out some effort, but you know he has you. So so that's one thing. My faith is, I would say, has grown stronger. The, the other thing is, um, uh, over time, and so now I'm starting to shift my, my viewpoint on my role in my company. Right? For, when I first started, I, I was looking at it more as an individual contributor, right? Doing very similar things to what I did for Microsoft and just doing it now, which is cool. But in order for my company to grow, I had to shift my mindset from where it is to t- today to another role. So I had to really actually start thinking as a CEO, focused on growing the company and looking for ways to hire and bring on other individuals so we can continue to drive our influence. And so, and so what that means is I have to like take time to stop working in the business, but work on the business. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's a difference. Right. And so that on the business time is key. And, and it also, the other thing is, so I'm working with the branding expert now and she's helping me to refine and redefine my structure and making sure Mm -hmm. that everything's aligned, aligned, and so when we move out and we move forward, I can have greater impact. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay, so here's a question. It's one of, one of our favorites here on the podcast. And I want you to imagine for me, if you will, uh, that we had a time machine and we could go back in time um, and, um, and not change anything, but you could find the male that hadn't quite that hadn't started his business yet, but already had the dream, already had the desire to. And you had an opportunity to, to tell your younger self, you know, just a quick piece of advice, and this has to be very, very just intentional. What would you tell your younger self? Um, so I might would have taken more business courses mm-hmm. as an undergrad. I think that's one of the things I perhaps would have done. Um, but the interesting thing is, as I, you know, I'm not a real old head, but I'm a little bit of old head. But as I look back and all the different things that that I've done and had the opportunity to do and mm-hmm. that, that were given to me, they all add up to right now to me being on the call with you. And, and so it's not a whole, you know, like, there's some things that perhaps would have done differently or faster. Um, like, what, would, would you tell yourself to be faithful? Would, I mean, it, would be, it could be even a word of encouragement. Yeah, um, just maybe be bold earlier, right? But, but, at each, but at each point, I needed that certain amount of soap time to really learn some things. Yeah. Um, and maybe perhaps also, like I say, just start studying leadership books and those mm-hmm. types of things earlier. Because that extra reading is what made gotcha. a big difference gotcha. to me. And, and, and maybe also learn how to see things from different perspectives. 
to change change my viewpoint on to see things from almost like a 360. So if you look at an object and you move around it, you just see it from different things, different angles, and it kind of changes your viewpoint on it sometimes. Yeah, well, speaking of books as you did earlier, um, Mel, if you could call out, and and I and I think I know one because I know you're an author, uh, but if you could call out a book or two that you you would say our listeners have to get in as a part of their library, um, and and a resource as well that that they could use to help them make things happen in their own uh, pursuits, what would those those things be? Okay. So I would say, uh, well, when it comes to books, mm-hmm. uh, I got a poem mine, Kinetic, Kinetic Life, um, released it just this past December, uh, and it helps you to align your head, heart, and body where you can achieve your goals in life. Uh, so if you look at Mel Mitchell on Amazon or Melrick Mitchell, uh, Kinetic Life is there, and the website is kinetic.life. And if you're Wondering how did I come up with that? It came from the question of I asked myself, can we apply the laws of physics uh, to real life? It's basically, what builds our potential, and how do we become kinetic? How do we put our potential into play? Definitely check it out because the way I see what builds our potential is what's in our heart and our head. That builds our potential. What's in your heart are your motivators. And so I break all of those things down, written as a parable, as a story of a senior person mentoring a more junior person. So quick read, you can finish it within two hours. Uh, if you're flying on the plane, I've, I've had several folks to hell. I finished it in one sitting while I was flying from the Nationals to back home. Done. Rob, well, listeners, yeah. you know, you've been listening, that we have show notes for every episode. So we're going to have a link, link, Amazon link, to the Kinetic Life so you can pick up Mel's book. And Mel, I have to say that that sounds like it's one for me. You say you take the principles. I love drawing parallels and analogy between, you know, physics and things we learn in engineering in our everyday life. So. That's pretty cool. Is there another another book you would recommend? Yeah. So so I just finished this book the other day. And this book is called mm. The One Thing. Um, the Surprisingly Simple Truth Behind Extraordinary Results by Gary Keller and Jay Papasan. And the, the reason why I like this book is, and, and it's oftentimes we, we spread our attention across multiple things. And so we spend too much time doing mm-hmm. things that don't matter, right? You've, you've probably heard of the 80-20 rule, and where 80 per, 80% of your results come from 20% of your activity. But this drills down even one step deeper and says, well, what if you found that top item in that 20% and you focused on it? How would wow. things turn out differently? Yeah. Man, yeah. another book I think I need to check out. I've heard about it, but I definitely need to check that one out. Yeah. So. Do you have an internet resource or anything uh, that that you use in in your activities that you might want to recommend or give a shout out to? So, so one of the tools I just or I've been watching, been using it, uh, Periscope. So a lot of people use it to you know broadcast different things, and so I've been watching different folks on there. And today I, I posted my first item on Periscope, right? Uh, and, and, and truth be told, I was hesitant. I was kind of like, ooh, you know, we sometimes worry about that, that imaginary they folks out there. Yeah, yeah. And so so I, I did my first one on called Over, Overcoming Fear. Wow. My first Periscope. So if you look me up on Twitter at Melrick M, uh, mm-hmm. that's my Twitter handle, uh, you can find that, that 
uh, and one of the things that I, that I caution folks, if you're going to use Periscope, some people go in there and they post for like an hour long. That's way too long. Yeah. Right? Because you'd be like, come on now, you have a regular job. <laughs> yeah, so I did my first broadcast today on Periscope. On overcoming fear. That's that's kind of meta right there. You know, you needed to overcome it to do the Periscope, and you talked about it. I like that. I like that. Yeah, yeah. well, hey, don't worry about they, listeners. And, and when it comes to social media, you know, find that platform that you can really get good at and really use to uh, expand your brand. I like that, Mel. So, unfortunately, man, we've, we've, we've come to a close. I can just tell, and I'm sure those listening can tell, you have so much more depth, so much more to share. This is just the tip of the iceberg. And so if you would, man, you shared a little bit already, but if you can't share how a person could reach out to you when it comes to uh, maybe even hiring your services or uh, following what you do with your company, and then... Before you go, if you would, leave us with one of your favorite quotes, and then we'll say goodbye. So a couple different ways you can, you can you know, like, uh, I'm on Facebook and, and also on LinkedIn. Um, so you can follow my company, Drive Influence, which is on, link, on Facebook. Uh, my book uh, on Facebook is The Kinetic Life, or, you know, facebook.com, whack, The Kinetic Life. Uh, you can follow me there. Also, my email address is Mellerick, M-E-L-E-R-I-C-K at diconsult.net. And so you can send me an email directly that way also. But, uh, I'll be more than happy to sit down and talk with you if you're looking for a coach. Some of the things I'm getting ready to roll out is actually I'm going to roll out uh, some online webinars uh, in the next couple weeks uh, through Kinetic Institute and also doing group coaching. So those are some activities also I'll be cool. rolling out really soon. So, so quotes. If you don't mind, I'll use two of them. Okay, sure. Go ahead. Uh, so, uh, so the first one is Marianne Williamson uh, from A Return to Love, and it goes to our deepest fear. Is that it's not that we're inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we're powerful beyond measure. It, it is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. Mm. And so basically, go for it. Don't let it hold you back. You have a potential to do what God gave you to do. Don't be fearful. He has your back. The second one, some old school hip hop, mm-hmm. right? Is by KRS One. Mm-hmm. We must strive to be the best that we can be and not just get over. Mm-hmm. Because too often in life we try to get just barely get over. Yeah, yeah. Well, hey, I, I thank you so much, Mel. Listeners, I hope you have uh, benefited a lot from this conversation we've had. And as always, you can go over to stimmedia.org, check out the show notes. Um, when you get a chance, click on that link, go over to Amazon and pick up a copy, your own copy of Kinetic Life. Um, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Always feel free to leave us a review on iTunes or whatever platform. And Mel, I can't say thank you big enough <laughs> for just taking this time. Thank you so much for all that you shared, man. And I, I really just pray that God continues to bless you in, in all your endeavors. Oh, thank you. Thank you. It's my pleasure. Always, always enjoy giving back. And, you know, this is my family. So thank you again for having me. Thank you for listening. We really hope you enjoyed this episode and we would love for you to come and join us again next time. In the meantime, please do us a couple of favors. One, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or any other platform you might find us on. And two, rate and leave a positive review so we can know what you think of the show. And finally, spread the 
word. Tell your friends and family that they can join us right here on the Nesbypreneur Podcast.